Welcome back to Freedom Fridays. In this episode of Freedom Fridays, we are going to begin a series on the nature of man. And we're going to start out by discussing man's origin and his purpose. First of all, man was created by God in the Garden of Eden. Genesis chapter 1 Verses 26 and 27, then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image, in the image of God he created him, male and female. He created them. So we see, according to the scripture, that man was created by God in the Garden of Eden. Man wasn't some cosmic um, accident. If you would like to see the podcast that we recorded early on in the first season about creation and the defense of creation and such, Go ahead and read through that or listen through that. I believe there was a three-part series on that. Um, We're not going to do that in today's because our focus is on man. And remember, we talked about the scriptures are our sole authority for life and practice. And so when the scripture says something very plain as day, Like man was created by God in verse 26 of Genesis chapter 1, then that's how we take it. That man was created by God in uh, Genesis chapter 1 in the beginning. Secondly, man was created out of the dust of the ground and the breath of God. If we take a look in the next chapter, Genesis chapter 2, he goes into some of the details of the creation. Verse 7, Then the Lord God formed man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. What are you made from? You are made from dust. According to Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7, he made a dust man or dirt um, and uh, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Now, we make sculptures today out of stone and all sorts of wood and all sorts of other materials. And uh, I can imagine that that sculpture was just amazing when God made it before he breathed the breath of life in there. And then he breathed the breath of life into man. And this was, now when we think of Genesis chapter 1, man, that is generic, speaking of mankind. um, And he even says male and female, he created them. And then this, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, is man, as in man versus woman. This is Adam that he created in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Eve was created, or the woman, in verse 21 through 23 of the same chapter. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh at that place. The Lord God fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man, 
and brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. And so we see woman was created from the man and specifically from the rib of the man and um, then brought to him as bone of his bones and flesh of his flesh. We could discuss the, the reason and purpose for creating woman. It's in chapter 2 between where, where we just read, between 7 and 21. There you'll find the purpose for why God created a second gender um, or sex, depending on how you want to say it. Really, they are the same, no matter what the world tries to tell us today. The gender is not a social construct. It was defined by God in Genesis chapter 2, as well as chapter 1, 26 and 27, where he said male and female. He defined that. In fact, the very reason that he defined it is in the next two verses, and that is where we get marriage of, one, of a man and a woman. So man is unique from the rest of God's creation. When you look through Genesis chapter 1, um, the rest of God's creation gets similar treatment, but then chapter 2 goes into detail about how man was created. And remember, man was created unique from the rest of creation. How was man created unique? Well, when the animals were created, when the fish were created, the birds were created, the plants were created, the hills, the sky, whatever else was created. When it was created, God specifically says when he created man that he breathed the breath of life into man. The rest of creation, you don't see that. You don't see him breathing the breath of life into plants. Well, plants have no breath of life. You can't, don't see him breathing the breath of life into animals. Animals don't have the breath of life. Um, they have a life, but it's not the same. It's not as it, man is unique in that God breathed the breath of life into man. And then in chapter 9 and verse 6, we also saw this when we read in chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. But in 9, 6, he reiterates, Whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed. For in the image of God, he made man. So man is special because he is made in the image of God. And we're going to talk in a little bit about the extent of the image of God and what that relationship means. But um, suffice it for now to say that is also part of his uniqueness in the creation. None of the rest of creation was made in the image of God. It was made as with the fingerprint of God. You can see God in his creation, in all of his creation, but they weren't made in the image of God. So, his purpose, man was created for an obedient relationship to God. If we go back to chapter 2, verses 16 and 17, The Lord God commanded the man, saying, From any tree of the garden you may eat freely, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. 
for in the day that you eat from it, you will surely die. And so God told Adam a command that he wanted him to obey. And so man was created for an obedient relationship with God. If we go to chapter 3, verses 8 and 9, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? Why were they hiding from God? That's an impossible mission, by the way. Why were they hiding from God? Because they had disobeyed and they had broken that relationship that they were created for. Man was also created to care for God's creation. Again, in chapter 1, verse 26, he says, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God gave the authority to mankind to rule over the earth, and over the animals, over the fish, over the birds, over all of creation, all, all of the earth. God gave them the authority to rule over his creation. Chapter 2, verse 15, he says, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. And so he is to, to, to rule over the creation. Psalm chapter 8 and verse 6, he says, "You, um, The birds of the heaven and the fish of the sea, whatever passes through Excuse me, verse 6. You made him to rule over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, and the fish of the sea, whatever passes through the paths of the seas. So God made man to rule over his works. He not only made him to rule over his works, but as we already read in chapter 2 and verse 15, he also put him in the garden to cultivate it and keep it. So he was there to not just rule over it with an iron fist, but to tend it, to care for it, to nurture it, to um, make it into something beautiful, something amazing, something worthy of being called the creation of God. So man's origin is that God created him. His purpose is a relationship with God that is to be obedient, to care for the creation by ruling over it and tending it. And what is the nature now of the image of God? So man was made in the image of God. That's the next thing we're going to take a look at. Um, let's give a definition. The image of God. Image is a representation or likeness of a real or imaginary person, creature, or object. So the image of God is made in his representation or likeness um, or a real imagery uh, of a person. 
and God is a person. He, he's not a creature or an object. So it would be his likeness of him. Since God is a person and man is in the image of God, therefore man is a personage. So we get that from God, being that man is a God is a person. That means man is a person. Um, how is that? That man bears the likeness to God. Um, first of all, in his being, verse 27, God of Genesis 1, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Again, back in verse 26, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Now, why does God use the word our? Because our image and our likeness is likened unto the whole trinity of God, not just one of the persons of the trinity. Uh, chapter 5 of Genesis and verses 1 through 3. This is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day when God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. He created them male and female, and he blessed them and named them man in the day when they were created. When Adam had lived 130 years, he became the father of a son in his own likeness, according to his, his image, and named him Seth. And so we see that image is transferred. It's transferred from God to us. It's transferred from us to our children. And then again, we saw in chapter 9, verse 6, that whoever sheds man's blood by man, his blood shall be shed. For in the image of God, he made man. What does it mean to be uh, in the image of God, what does it mean to be a person? Man has intellect, man has emotions, and man has will. You can go back to our study on the Holy Spirit. You can go back to our study on God the Father, where we talked about his personhood and that he has intellect, he has emotions, and he has a will. Man also bears not just that natural likeness to God, the intellect, emotion, and will, but man also bears a moral likeness to God, not just his being, but his character. If we go to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 24, it says, And put on the new self, talking to believers here, who have been given the Holy Spirit, put on the new self, which is, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. And so our likeness of God extends to moral character as well. We are to be like God in putting on the new self. Also, Colossians chapter 3 and verse 10, And have put on the new self, who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. And so again, we're putting on the new self, and we are uh, in the image of God in a moral sense. 
And then down in verses 12 through 17, So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, to, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell richly in within you, with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. And so he goes into detail about the character of the moral character of God that is to be ours as well because of our likeness to him in his image. And then in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 15 and 16, But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior. Because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. We need to be set apart. That's really the root of the word holy. We need to be set apart from sin to the purpose of God. And God is holy. And so since we are made in his image, we are to be holy. Part of being in the image of God also is extends down to our makeup in the constitution of man, which we are going to take a look at next time. But to give you a little bit of a preview, God is a triune being, Father, Son, and Spirit. And in the same manner, man is made up of soul, body, and spirit. Uh, and so we will take a little deeper look into that next week. Thank you for tuning in to Freedom Fridays. Mm -hmm.